Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we have been working our way through Star Trek. <laughs> I hesitated there on Star Trek, I don't know why. <laughs> it's the one thing that we do on this show. It's consistent. But yes, yeyeah, so we're working our way through Star Trek, we finished the original series, we've watched the first four movies, this is going to be the fifth movie of the original cast, this is Star Trek V The Final Frontier. So we'll start spoiler free as we always do, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle. And, you know, we both came out of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, feeling very positive. We both thought it was the best of the four. Uh, I feel like there's two types of people. There's people who think Wrath of Khan is the best of the, the original six movie, and there's people who think Voyage Home is the best of the original six. We just happen to both fall down on that same same side. Yeah. But hey, uh, so Star Trek V is notorious as being the shit one. And you hadn't seen this before. I had seen it once, uh, back when I watched the movies for the first time a while ago. It was funny, as I didn't really remember a whole lot about it. I, I remembered kind of how it ended. I remembered Rocket Boots. And I remembered starting off on a cliff. And I thought I remembered some other stuff that I thought was the best stuff in the movie. Turns out that wasn't in this one. That's going to be in the next one. <laughs> uh... But well, at least you the, have something to look forward to. Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, but the premise for this one is that a, a Vulcan is named Cyborg is gaining followers and then intends to steal the Enterprise to journey across the Great Barrier into the center of the galaxy where he believes he will find God. That is the premise of this movie. <laughs> Carr, yeah. did you enjoy Star Trek V, The Final Frontier? Nope. <laughs> oh boy. How much did you not enjoy it? A significant amount. <laughs> <laughs> it is not good. Search for Spock's looking quite nice now, and you're like, oh, I could go back to that one. I mean, it's better than this. Is it like there's a gaping hole between yep. them? That, it's not yeah, even close. Yeah, yeah there, there is. The sad part is it's not even just the main plot that sucks in this one. Even the characters feel a little bit off at times, and I'm not even sure why we're still kind of doing Spock's not quite back to him old self yet. I feel like, come on. I, I thought we fixed that at the end of the last movie. Yeah, I thought we were done with that. It just kind of feels repetitive to still do it. It's weird, but we have that stuff. We we in. Even Kirk feels kind of oddly, I don't know, so, not quite aggressive, but he's oddly kind of... I'm not sure who I should be, because obviously Shatner directed this one, right? He did, yes. And I feel like he, he probably knows the, his character by now. Yeah. He did not rate it, though, I don't believe. Oh, wait, no, story by William Shatner. Oh, well, never mind. Story by, but not, not, sure, not necessarily sure. script. So the dialogue itself could be someone else's problem. Oh, he might have, have co-wrote the screenplay as well. He might or... have done, yeah. Um, no, no, no. Someone else did that. Okay. Okay. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I'm not sh- the, the concept for this one's kind of all over the place. And yeah. most importantly, though, a lot of it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, You know, case in point, I fell asleep 40 minutes in, and we were recording this about an hour and a half later than we should have been because I fell asleep. We are, which which means I started drinking a, a while ago because I thought we were doing this a lot earlier. I mean, I, I, it's just so here, here's one of the, this is this sounds like such a simple little thing, but here's one of my my structural problems with this film. We see the threat, you know, early on, Cyborg on this planet, uh, Nimbus Three. He kidnaps the, the the representatives of three governments who kind of are trying to build this planet up into this place of peace. And it's a Klingon, a Federation uh, representative, and a, and a Romulan. And this hostage crisis happens, and a call goes out about it, and the Enterprise, everyone's on shore leave, but Scotty's still there doing repairs. Uh, him and Ahura apparently have got a, a romance brewing. Uh, I, I don't know where that came from. Because they needed a romance? A, Reasons? A, apparently. Uh so whatever, whatever. I'll accept this. It. Fine. It doesn't yeah. necessarily bother me. Like there's nothing wrong with no, it. It's not just, that bad. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, it's really only a couple of sweet flirty moments. It's not really anything super. Yeah. No. That that is far from a problem in this movie. Um. But so whoever gets the call and she like immediately you know contacts Chekhov and and Sulu, 
And there's some fun banter. I mean, obviously, not all the character stuff is bad. Like some of it's just fun Star Trek stuff. That's fine. Yeah, this bit where they're like, oh, well, you know, we're lo- they're clearly lost, and they know they're lost, but they don't want to admit that. So they're like, oh, there's a there's a blizzard, and you have yeah. Chekhov blowing into the into the calm. Yeah, yeah, it's amusing. And it's like, okay, fine. So they've got them. The the, the transporter's not working, so they're you know getting the shuttle down and they, they pick them up, right? So that happens, but then we're still with like, the main trio, Spock, Kirk, and McCoy in Yosemite around a campfire for a good long scene. Do, doing... do you know what? I have a problem even before we get to that point. Oh, go on. The fact that it's the middle of the day when we pick up Chekhov and Sulu, and then they're at night around a campfire. That's that's true. Yeah, they're, they're... and I mean they could be in different parts of the world, but no, no one ever indicates that. It doesn't seem like it to me. It seems like they're in the same park somewhere else. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I mean, otherwise, where are Sulu and Chekhov off to? I mean, what were they doing? Yeah, I, I assume they were also in the National Park, just yeah. having a wander around doing something different. But they have this big, long scene, and eventually Ahura shows up with the trans... Not even during the campfire scene, it's one middle of the night, they're asleep. They're asleep by the time she shows up. Yes, and, they've and, been uh, having a sing-song. And the Galileo, you know, shuttle... Yeah, which I noticed the name of it because obviously that was a uh, the, the episode of the original show. It was about the, yeah. that shuttle, uh, the Galileo Seven. Pretty enjoyable episode, and and I just thought this was weird. I, it, like it, it got the crisis in motion, the idea that the Enterprise and the crew are needed, and then we sat around doing you know with Kirk row, and Spock. Row, row your boat. Yeah, we sat around doing that with them unaware that there was a thing going on, and it just it felt kind of weird. I felt like no, just have the crisis be called in later, so I'm not waiting for them to be picked up. It's true because you set that scene the night before, right? They have a sing song, yeah, and then the crisis comes in, and you come pick them up in the morning. Sulu and Chekhov get picked up, you know, also in the morning. Yeah. What what difference does that make? Except it's better. It's, it's better because it, it it the way it is in the movie, it feels like everything like it's supposed to be ramping up because the crisis has been called in, and then everything just goes to a halt again. And it's like, no, 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 we're yeah. going to wait and do sing songs and. And, and and whatever so i don't know and um, also the, the, the whole rocket boots thing with spock just feels kind of wacky and out of place i was okay with it for the first like 30 seconds until kirk yeah. felt his death and spock had yeah, to save him right up until that when when kirk's just you know climbing and, and and spock's just floating next to him talking going what the hell are you doing climbing without any safety equipment this is stupid <laughs> logic logical this is not <laughs> yeah i'm all right with this bit I'm like, sure, rocket boots, why not? I, I, I can't really say, oh, they can't exist in this world, right? And then and then he falls, and we have Spock dive down after him and then just grab him with absolutely no deacceleration whatsoever. We have Spock do Superman. That's what it is. It's like he's flying. It um, is, yeah. I have no problem with rocket boots existing in Star Trek's universe. I just have a problem with visuals of Spock you know, flying around and doing these dives I mean, and a stuff. bigger problem is later on, it very clearly establishes the brakes are not that reliable. Yet they managed to stop perfectly fine here with Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but that, that that stuff just... Right away, it sets you off on the wrong foot. Um, yes. The opening scene sets you off on the wrong foot because the opening scene is like a tease of the villain at Cyborg and... Um, Right away, you're like, and there's one interesting element because it kind of reveals that he's a Vulcan after he's already like done a few things, and it's like, oh, that was kind of a character for a Vulcan. Where are we going with this? I thought the shot of the reveal of the ears was way too dramatic. <laughs> like it, it proper like stopped everything and just did this close up on. Oh, look, it's a pointy ear. I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. Calm, calm yeah. down. Um, and not to mention, we, we've we've never been a fan of the episodes of Star Trek where it dealt with godlike figures. So the idea that this one's revolving around the search for God is immediately enough to kind of turn us off. But it is it is just yeah. To its credit, the God stuff doesn't really come up till relatively late in the movie. Yeah, well, which I mean, to its credit, in that it wasn't bogging down the entire film. There's other problems that come from this that it is kind of like, oh yeah, I suppose we should do God. Yeah, there's other problems before then, but I mean, um. That means the the climax and everything in the third act, for the most part, up, up until after all that stuff's resolved, is is mostly just kind of tedious to sit through. Most most of it is just the same old stuff. Most of it is um, characters reacting weirdly because we set up this thing with Cyborg where he kind of gains followers because he he can connect with people, you know, using his his uh, main melding essentially, where he can take away their pain by making them confront whatever it is that holds them back. 
And yeah. it, you know, at first it's very vague until very later on in the film when he finally does it to McCoy and we actually get to see what kind of what the character goes through when this happens. And we see it from the other side and it's like, okay, okay. And we'll save some of that for spoilers, but um, it, it just... Uh, he seems very adept to this moment. Every other time we've seen, you know, Spark or Sarek do the mind meld, it's, you know, the, the fingers on the face, hmm. right? And this is it's just really subtle. I'm like, how powerful is this dude? I mean, if he's powerful, he's powerful. I don't really have a Yeah, yeah, but I, there's that. nothing that really insinuates it. He just kind of is. My, my, my bigger problem is just kind of how how vague he is as a villain and, and that he's not necessarily an outright villain and sometimes that can work if you're doing these shades of grey or, or whatever but it's kind of this weird thing and then on top, to top it all off he kind of like gets a lot of the crew to like just immediately turn on their, their duties right and just follow yeah. him Um, but the fact that Spock, Kirk and McCoy last longer kind of makes the rest of the crew look like shit <laughs> because it's like oh they were all easy to turn you know yeah no problem who was it Uhura and was it was it Chekhov Chekhov? Chekhov and Uhura, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like pretty, like just immediately. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. do whatever you want. Take the ship. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a body snatchers type plot to a point when he's just turning people. Oh, it is, yeah. As easy as, as, easy as that. But um, one of the, the more general things I want to talk about is this one feels a bit cheaper than the previous movies. I, I noticed uh, a reused shot from Star Trek Four. The first time we see the Enterprise in this movie is actually the same shot from the end of Voyage Home when, we, mm. when it was first revealed. Um, there's a shot of like, the, the small town on the Nimbus 3 planet uh, where the hostage situation is, is happening. Uh, there's a shot of that in nighttime that is like one of the worst like visual effects I've ever seen in, in a movie. Yeah, it's not great. Um, even just the fact that we don't see that much of the Enterprise. You know, they, they make a point and go, oh no, you know, all these corridors, they're out of action. You know, it's like, well, w- Why? Yeah, was that to save money though? I don't know if that was. It feel, I mean, I assume I assume this, they because so we, this, this be, was going on at the same time as as next gen, right? Sure. So I assume next gen was using the sets for some of the hallways, and they couldn't borrow them, and they were like, "Well, we're not going to build new ones." I I have no idea if they were using the same sets. I I assume next gen had their own had their own sets. You could be right. I I don't necessarily see it as a cost cutting measure though. I I felt that this was more to do with um, a setting up the idea that the enterprise is not ready and they're on a skeleton crew and everything's not working. Uh, but the reason why I doubt that there's a cost cutting measure is because they had to build so many of like because there's a lot of like tunnels in the enterprise we go through in this one. There's a lot of shafts yeah. and things. There's a lot That's of things true. they still had to build for this. Where I'm thinking, well, building this instead of the hallways doesn't necessarily seem cheaper. It just seems. Uh, that's a fair. That's a fair point. Because you know, there's a lot of stuff with running around the three of them when they're on. You know, when the ship's kind of in a, under siege, if you will. Because it almost became diehard on the Enterprise, and I'd have been, I'd have been, I'd have been great if it went down that path. It I'd have been have. into that. That would have been way better. I'd have been way into that with Kirk running around being John McClane on the Enterprise. I, I could have got into that. Can you imagine that Kirk running around going yippee ki <laughs> No, it'll be a Star Trek equivalent. Yeah, I know, but. Star it's funny if you picture it just as it is. Mm-hmm. Or, or he's a fan of Die Hard and he tries to get Spock to see it. So Spock eventually says yippee ki at some point. That, that, that could work. That, that, that'd cheer me up. That would have uh, been way better than most of this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it felt cheaper in places. I mean, obviously I was happy that Jerry Goldsmith was back because I like his, his theme that he did bring back. But even there, I, I noticed some weird elements like so the movie opens with you know the the classic Star Trek opening theme and it goes into the you know the the motion picture theme right and I was like okay yeah. great fine. The end of the movie when it ends, uh, it plays just the exact same track at the end. It doesn't have like a a, a composed outro it, track. It, yeah, I it don't just, think this was uh, Jerry's finest work. No, because and not only that, here's the other thing that felt weird to me about the way the music comes in at the end is normally the you know the um. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah, you know that usually that'll play before the credits in these movies. Like that, that'll build up to the credits, and then when the main theme of the movie, whether it be this main theme or the Abrams main theme, whatever it is, then that'll kick in, or maybe the end credits theme will kick in when the credits hit. This actually started playing the credits during the the the, the traditional Star Trek opening music, which never usually does that. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It was weird, and then the main theme just kind of kicked in as it was going past the cast, and I was like. This feels rushed. It feels like no one really thought about this and just threw it in 
as was. You know, r- rather than yeah. think about it, just put it in. No, I'm with, it almost feels like they had the tracks pre-made, right? You know, because they, mm-hmm. they didn't get original ones done for the ending. And they were like, well, we need like an extra 30, 40 seconds because this is how long the credits are. What can we do? It's like, mm, yeah, just just play that earlier. That'll do. I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, even if you don't have any footage, just have the camera on space, right? Just have the stars and have Kirk do the speech. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to go because hell, at one point you actually see uh, to Boulder go where no one, no man has gone before on the the wheel, right? So even yeah. having the speech at the end, I mean, it would make sense at the end of every Star Trek movie, to be honest. But it especially makes sense at the end of this one to just have that play out over the music. It would. I would. I would never critique a Star Trek movie for having that at the end. I'm like, not, not any movie. All the new ones do. I think it's just that now it's standard. Yeah. No, it's standard. They just all have that at the end. But obviously, that wasn't the case during these original movies. I think one of them had it at the end. Yeah, but but I would never go. Oh no, that's that shouldn't be there. In even even if it didn't necessarily like fit as directly as it would have done with this one, it's just no, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's just your outro to Star Trek. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So no, I don't know. It just it felt weird. It felt rushed to me at the end. Um. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the the, the final scene of the movie is we're back around the campfire and. We're finally doing row, row, row your boat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just so much of this movie is kind of annoying. It's kind of undercooked. It's kind of dull in places. The ideas, you know, Kirk just feels a little bit more. I don't know, blasé about how he's acting. Yeah. yeah you know, the, the way the way he reacts to Spock in some of the earlier scenes. The way he reacts to Bones. Uh, he gets very agitated, and in some scenes that feel kind of out of character for Kirk, or at least, and not by like a huge extent, just enough that it doesn't feel like he's in, he's not got that same composure that I expect Kirk to have. Uh, it just no, feels a little bit off. Um, it's, it's odd. And then this, this is not to mention who Cyborg ends up being in terms of relations. Well, I, I was, I was not going to mention that until we're in spoilers. To be fair. Um. <laughs> well, I, I've kind of implied it though. So, so. If this is a spoiler to you, I apologize. But Cyborg turns out to be Spock's half brother. Yeah, I groan. I genuinely, legitimately went out loud when this because I was like, "Why? Why does it have? Can it not just be another Vulcan? Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Not just be a like part of me. If this had been something from the start, and it was oh, you know, this is always the point. If this had been the idea that. Buck is half human, so he should be the one that you know goes off with his emotions at times. Mm. But it's actually his full Vulcan brother that saw that. I can see a fantastic story in that concept of you know the brother seeing something in Spock that Spock can't see in himself. Yeah, the last part about this is at one point when McCoy like learns that there's a Vulcan behind us, he's like, "Oh, a Vulcan with uh, emotions, you know." How exciting. Or, you know, he says something like that. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. On paper, this sounds like a great idea for a Star Trek plot. Is a Vulcan who's betrayed the logic and has went full... Yeah. You know, full passion, if it is it were. Like, that's an interesting concept. It is, yeah. The movie just doesn't do a whole lot with it. He's not that developed a character, like, it ultimately. Doesn't, it doesn't. Ultimately, it feels... That the, the reason that he's Spock's half-brother is just so that we have an excuse for certain plot things to for him to get away, basically. It's like, well, you know, Spock's brother, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, I don't... There's no, no other reason for it. Other than just cheap drama. Oh, this yeah. feels more important because it's related to Spock. Like, no, it doesn't. Like, go away. <laughs> uh, like, a whole movie on that relationship... And that being the core, the core element of the movie, I'd be down for that. Mm. It feels but, like it, it legitimately feels like a bad episode of the show. You know, one of those episodes where it feels like the script needed several revisions. It needed several. There's, just, there's so many ideas in here that, in concept, you know, like we were just about the Vulcan that I like. Mm. There's, there's, I mean, I don't really like the the godlike entity concept that much, but I'm not. I get it. It's a thing, right? I'm sure some people must like it. But it's just, oh, we'll throw that in as well. Like, there's there's all these things that that I can see being really interesting. Um, 
you know this this peace planet between the the, the Federation, the, the the Romulans, and the and the Klingons, and you know what what happens when something goes wrong on that world. You know who deals with that problem. You know the the three that that squabbling yeah, or, between the three of them, or even the idea that it, like it's supposed to be set up as this place of peace between all three you know governments, and it's kind of a shithole. Like everyone seems to be poor. There's nothing really it's kind of this lawless world. Yeah, nothing's really taken off the way it seemed to have been intended to. And I think that's interesting. That it's kind of a failure. Like they set this up, but it's kind of failing. Right, presumably because there's all this clash of bureaucracy that, like, you know, and nothing gets done because they all have their own way that they want to do it. Yeah. Uh, Again, so... there's these ideas in here that I really like. It just they're just kind of thrown in for the sake of it, and nothing happens with any of them. And it, what's funny is one of the things that I typically still enjoy about a lot of bad Star Trek episodes is, oh, at least I enjoy the characters and what they're going through, but. Bizarrely, in this one, the Kirk and Spock relationship feels so kind of like fractured, like compared to what it normally does, in a way that doesn't feel right. That I find it hard to enjoy some of that stuff as well. Um, it comes back around towards the end a little bit. I, I kind of like some of the post uh, climax stuff towards the end. Yeah, uh, that stuff's okay. Um, it feels like sort of more classic Trek, but I, f- I feel like some of it just feels there to force the, the the drama of the plot and to force. Oh, maybe there's conflict here. Maybe you yeah. know. I can I can definitively say who the best character in this movie is. Um, oh McCoy, sure. No, no, it's Chekhov. It's Chekhov. Chekhov is definitively the best character. In Why this is movie. Chekhov the best character in this movie? Because he's great. He's got the whole bit. You know, the, he's got the the fun stuff with Sulu. He's got the stuff where he's got to pretend to be the captain. You know, there's all these bits which like no, 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 that feels like Chekhov. That's fun. <laughs> I I I don't I can't think of a. a there's rarely a point where I'm like, oh, what? I'm not enjoying a Chekhov scene in this movie, except when he's, you know, brainwashed. But it's different. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think the Hura Scotty kind of come off. Fine they're, as no, well. they're fine, but they're not. They don't have a, a, They're not as memorable as the Chekhov stuff. Um. Well, go spoilers. No, we'll say full spoilers from this point on, so so we can talk about some other stuff. I'll, I'll give you some positives that are, you know, just minor points here or there. Um. I did... Oh, what was the line? Oh, I was about to tell you the, the one line that I laughed out loud at towards the end. Oh, that's going to bug me now. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure I can help you on this one. Who, was, who, who had the line? I think it was in the Klingon ship after they, they, they picked up Kirk. Right. I'm sure there was a line in there that... Was had, it the, yeah, the yeah, meet our new gunner? No, I mean that was a nice moment. It was nice to see that with Spock, but it wasn't yeah. that. I mean, I mean the other positive I've got about this section though, I do like the idea that Spock goes because obviously we have the Klingon, the the, the and the other representatives on the Enterprise once you know when uh, yes. Cyborg takes it over. So they're there at the end when all this is going on, and we never even mentioned there's a rogue Klingon ship who's chasing after the Enterprise throughout the film because, because I have a huge problem with this. Sure, let me get to my point. You can go back and complain about it in a second. Um, the thing I like about it, though, and I don't really like anything that builds up to it. I'm not going to defend pretty much any of it. But the thing I like about it at the end, I do like the idea of Spock going to the Klingon representative and say, hey, you outrank everyone on that ship. Can can you help with this? And he kind of implies that he can't, or it'll be difficult. And Spock actually drops a colourful metaphor. He says, you can damn well try. Yeah. And... I like that moment, and I like that he does. Like you know, when Kirk gets you know t- beamed aboard the Klingon ship, that this, cl- this this Klingon dude's pretty reasonable. Yeah, this Klingon like commander, whoever is like, oh, my inferior officer here wants to say something. He's like, I apologize, <laughs> and he's like, you know, like, <laughs> and he's just like, and keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, you know that 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 was good. I, I like that idea. It's, it's kind of what we said uh, last time. How because we're in next gen, the Klingons are a lot closer in terms of relations that. And I remember Six does a lot more with it, but this is actually kind of the first seeds, I guess, of like, yeah. oh, maybe we can actually, because even by the end of the, you know, the final scene of the or final scenes of the movie, when they're all celebrating, the Klingons are there with them, and you know, Scotty's joking about drinking with a Klingon and and so on. Yeah, it, we had a little bit um, last movie in that you know the the Klingons were at the the council, yeah, uh, you know the the big Federation trial stuff and. They were they wanted blood, but they they were there. They had representatives. Yeah. Whereas seemed... this time it was almost more like one of them actually kind of was an ally. Like one actually yeah. helped them, kind of thing. Um, yeah. And there's a little joke here about Sulu and Chekhov being into the Klingon woman, and 
them being scared by the or Klingon commander or boyfriend or yeah. whoever. Right? I'm using stuff. I'm. It's going to kill me what that line was. So I'll, I'll mention you, one you of the. You mentioned your I'm going to go look at some. Uh, one of the things here. I really didn't like with this plot is the the whole thing. These these Klingons are like they they, they want to you know he wants the commander wants to prove himself in battle right, and, and then they hear all oh, the Enterprises coming. That's Kirk's ship. If we take out Kirk, we'll be heroes. Mm. Just fine. I'm all right with that. And then they're coming up to, to the Enterprise and they cloak, and the shuttle is coming back up to the Enterprise. With with Kirk on the shuttle, and Kirk, you know, sends him. You can get to in a second. Yeah, I just, Kirk, but I know, yeah. what, I know. What, right. anyway. Kirk, Kirk sends a message going, "Hey, you know, Plan B, whatever." And the Klingon ship, we have. It makes a point of showing us the Klingon ship intercepted this message and knows what's going on. And they're like, "Oh, Kirk's on the the shuttle." So why do they not turn and shoot at the shuttle? If their mission they're here is to kill Kirk and be heroes. There is zero reason. It really annoyed me. They they carry on just going at, for the Enterprise. And, you know, the Enterprise just moves out of the way. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, and the, the, the joke is um, that Sulu is going to have to fly in manually. And he's never done yeah. it before. Because yeah, he's asked. And that was a fine little joke. Fine. But, yeah, yeah. There, there's actually no reason. Because I was thinking that as well. Why don't they just shoot the, sh- the shuttle? If if, yeah, because their goal isn't to kill to destroy the Enterprise. Their goal is to kill Kirk. So, I don't get it. I don't know. So, so, someone can tell us in the comments if there's a, a reason. I don't expect there is, though. No, there's a bit of a mess. There is. But, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the the line that cracked me up is actually it was after that moment where Spock turns around in the chair, and yeah. there's a nice call back to the start where. Uh, Kirk says he thought he was dead, and Spock's like, "No, you, that was never true because you were never alone, right?" Because that's kind of that's what Kirk said to him at the start when he gets saved off the cliff. Even though I, I think that seems stupid, it's a nice callback to it. Uh, yeah. And Kirk, you know, goes to put his arms around Spock, and Spock says, "No, Captain, not in front of the Klingons." <laughs> <laughs> that that is funny. the that is the best line in the entire movie because I actually laughed out loud at it, and I didn't do that the whole movie with anything else. Yeah. So. Credit to that line. That was a good line of dialogue. Not yeah. in front of the Klingons. Do, do you know what? What I, I, I don't. I mean, might be one of my biggest problems with the movie. Like, and this is going to sound weird at first. Okay. That Kirk doesn't die. The whole opening of the movie is that no, oh, he's being reckless. He's, he's you know he's pushing risk for no reason, and it's all about him confronting mortality and and the fact that you know no, you could die. And I, I, I know, I know, I know, Egan, but I, it feels I, so weird to kind of establish that as the, the start of the movie, like that's going to be your end point. I, I mean, I, I guess the point is because he gets saved, he truly believed he was going to die this time. Um, that's what they're going with for it. My, my, my argument against what you just said, though, is that the movie's too shit, and I would be really upset if this was how he went out. Now, admittedly, how he actually goes out later is not actually I, I much know, better. I've seen, I've seen that bit. Yeah, it, it, it's actually one of the, the most disappointing I, I, things ever when we get to that eventually. Yeah, but no. I know, I know. And I get, okay, that, that, it's, it's coming, whatever. But it felt so weird to to establish this whole bit at the start of this movie. I, I genuinely thought at the start of this movie, that's what the point of this movie was supposed to be. Because I'd seen that bit, but I wasn't sure which movie it was in. Hmm. Um, well, so did you did you think we were getting Star Trek Six without Kirk? It was just going to be everyone else. I thought I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not really familiar with what Star Trek Six is. No one really seems to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got vague. You know, four's the one with the whales, and I know the first three. Five is the shit one. Six just it's just kind of there, <laughs> right? No one really talks about six that much. So I thought, um, maybe, maybe that's the point of this movie, and and then it's it's just not, and that really disappointed me. You thought no one talks about sex? There's this great, wonderful scheme over the internet for the past like twenty years that no one will talk about sex and just be very vague because Kirk's not in it, just in case it spoils it for anyone who's not no, seen Star Trek. No, I, I wasn't thinking that's why no one spoke about <laughs> it. Just more because it was kind of uninteresting, and, and no one really cares that much. Oh, well, we'll find out next time. But uh, yeah, I, I mean. 
Oh, that's not a problem that Kirk didn't die, per se, but I, I think the film's themes and messaging is so warped and messed up anyway that by the time I got to that point, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not really thinking there is a point or that it knows what it's doing. So Oh, that's true. It never really occurred to me, oh, this is exactly what it should have done. Because it's not like if, if he had died, it'd have fixed the rest of the movie's problems. Oh, no, no, it wouldn't. But at yeah. least it would have given it a, a start and end, you know, yeah. like that, that, that thematic through line, which... I don't feel like it has at all as it is. Yeah, so you mentioned Spock being uh, Cyborg's brother, kind of leading to him getting away at one point. Oh, so, so, oh okay. Fine, Cam. Right. So, so Spock has him at like, gunpoint and he can't go through with it. And because of that, Cyborg takes command of the ship. And Kirk's pissed at Spock and they, they whinge about it in the, in, the, in the brig. And Scotty breaks them out. So there's a bit of sneaking around. We have the stupid rocket boot scene in like, the big elevator yeah, but- shaft. But honestly, that point where where Spock can't shoot him, that moment feels like the only reason that he's the half brother to me in this movie. Like I said, there are reasons to do that, but it feels like well, we need a reason for him to get away and take over the ship, so that'll do. I'll give you one other small reason that I do kind of like actually. I like the line at the end with Kirk when he says, "I lost a brother once too," and like Bones and Spock look at him like, "What?" You don't have a brother. And he's like, but he came back. And I was like, oh, okay, that was sweet. <laughs> okay. So it was a nice line. It's a nice but... line, yeah. I'm not saying it justifies the, <laughs> the reason for him being his brother. Yeah. Just, but... No, I'll give you that. That is a nice line. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, we do have family. We're not alone. And... Uh, do you know what I feel like? It, it oddly feels like a lot of the, the messages that this movie has for the characters are things they don't really need to learn. It feels like the, the movie fabricates them at the start, uh, even though we've never really felt that Kirk needs to learn this, or that Spock... Because we thought Spock was fine by the end of the last movie. We thought Kirk was, you know, with his crew, that, and he thinks of that as his family already. And this movie just seems to want to make these points, even though we were already kind of there. It, no, this this is why I really thought this was the movie about Kirk really accepting mortality, right? Because that's been a thing here or there for Kirk, that he never, you know, he never quite accepts it. He's always, no, no, not today. And then it's it's just not, it's not that at all. Never give up, never surrender. Exactly. Another great starship captain. So, uh, yeah, and then obviously we get to get to, get to the the cyborg and god stuff. So cyborg eventually cyborg catches up with them and they're sneaking out the ship about the ship, and we finally get to see what he's been doing to these people. And you know, McCoy sees his dying father and kind of accepts that he couldn't save him. And Spock sees his own birth and how his father was disappointed that he's like so human. And you know, this is like their deepest pains and regrets, and we're gonna. And I kind of like, I did kind of like Kirk's reaction and said, "No, I don't need to see what my faults are. I know what my faults are. Like you making me relive them isn't going to change anything about who I am." Um, that's a nice idea. Again, this is like one of the, yeah. the, the, the few points where some nice ideas kind of slip through the cracks, where it's like, "Okay, no, I, I get the idea that no, 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 he's going to say I don't need this because I am aware of who I am. I don't need to have this spiritual understanding of myself." Like, yeah. Although, I have to admit, this scene really confused me. In that, so uh, when he says this, Spock and McCoy immediately go, Well, I guess he's right. I guess I'm with him then. When, like, 20 seconds before they were mind controlled. Well, that's the thing. They're not mind controlled. Uh, You're thinking about it kind of weirdly. I I don't get to defend it too much, but you made that sound very frivolous. They just kind of say, Oh, no. And I'll kind of accept McCoy to a point, but I think the point with Spock is, is that. You know, so cause he's like, okay, so we're about to go across the Great Barrier, which no one's ever done, right? This is like dangerous yeah. and you know might not work. And Kirk says he's not going, and Cyborg's right. The other two come with me since you've seen the light. And Spock, and from Spock's perspective, I get that he's being kind of logical almost, uh, and he almost like looks back at his own life with logic as well as as the emotion, and says, "No, like I'm not the person you left. Yes, that was my greatest fear. That's what you know tore me up inside." Mm-hmm back in the day um and maybe still to this day to a point but i'm not the same person you knew i i found who i am i found myself i found you know spock of the enterprise right that's who i am sure. i am i am kirk's second in command i am that is where my duty lies regardless of what i know about myself now it didn't change yeah. what his actual duty was um and I, I, I guess mccoy feels a bit more far-fetched but at least i guess you can maybe say that once the two of them are standing up against him, he also feels bound to those two as family, and that's what kind of breaks the... 
Fair enough. I, I agree with everything you just said about Spock. I think yeah. it's just the way it's played in the moment is he kind of already seems like he's on board, right? He's he's already taken mm. under with, with, with Cyborg. And then Kirk stands up and Spock goes, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm with him. No, I mean, and, I don't disagree that it could be played better. If, if anything, it should be made more of a bigger deal. It should be feel more like a big moment where Spock says, you know what? No, I am with Jim. Should, yeah. I am, and not Captain. I'm with Jim. You know, like say yeah. his friend's name, kind of thing. No, no. I, like I said, I I agree with everything you just said in terms of the the point of of what Spock says and and how it's written, but just the way the way it's portrayed doesn't come across at all for me. It just feels like I, he changes his mind almost. Uh, I actually, despite the fact that I kind of hate this in the well, I, I like a lot of this scene in theory, right? But I hate kind of what comes out of it and how we got there. But ultimately, I kind of dislike the scene as a whole, though, because I just think it's it's really uninterested in how it's presented. Like, it's not so much that... I, I don't disagree with you that it doesn't come across like the way it should exactly, but I also just think it's kind of like... I'm so not invested by Cyborg by this point or see him as an actual threat. But you that just don't care. It's just... Yeah, it's, it, it goes on so long with McCoy seeing his dead father and then Spock, and it just it feels like it goes on forever. Yeah. Um... This maybe goes back to it feeling cheap. Is it felt like there was just some long scenes like this that didn't really feel like they had, which would be fine if the drama was there. To, to yeah. and I, I wouldn't give a shit, but it, it just it felt like it went on forever. Um, oh, I'm with you. So we get down to the planet, and it's, it's all purpley looking, and there's this you know almost religious music playing. It's, it's like religious music meets sci-fi. It was like a synth organ <laughs> was playing. Yeah, it it was it was essentially sci-fi uh, church music. Yeah. It was that you you could almost hear the choir, and you don't find anything at first, and then oh no, rumbles! Oh, there's a big light and the face of God. And the one thing I'll say I like, I like that the godlike figure says, "Oh, does this meet with what your expectations are?" And he has like the bearded classic God face, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, he cycles through a few you know, yeah. of the gods. Yeah, I think there was a Klingon one on there, so it's like you know, it's not just like gods we know; it's like other well, yeah, aliens yeah, and stuff. And and again, this is one of those concepts that I like the idea of exploring the idea that okay, no, the reason that all these cultures have this common mythology of oh, there's a, a you know a heaven an afterlife a god, right? It's all the same. Dude. It's, <laughs> it's all the same thing. Yeah, there's, there's something there that is the inspiration for this. I like that concept. I just think it's done really badly. I don't. I don't really like the concept that much. Um, I, I don't like the idea of the characters in Star Trek specifically really being into it, I guess. Like, it just feels weird to me. Um, it, and I, I like that Kirk challenges it and says, why does God need a starship? Because you know, he says, I want a starship. And I'm like, why do you need a starship? You're God. Just go. <laughs> You're a damn yeah. God. And it turns out he's been imprisoned here and he gets angry and starts blasting people. And then eventually Cybok finally stops defending him and is like, oh, you know what? I'll... Distract him while you three run, you know, and I'll sacrifice yeah. myself. Yada yada yada. So there's never an explanation to what this thing is because it's not God. That's pretty clear. No, no, no. That, that that's the thing though. It's it's clearly something very powerful and it's godlike. And I like the idea that it is the inspiration for the God okay, myth sure. in all these cultures. That I don't mean it's actually. Oh no, this is God. Yeah, I, I don't like that idea. Um, but I just. Uh, Anything that involves finding a big floating head there's an entity and it talking to you basically just makes me want to bang my head against the wall. I just, I hate it. I, I, I hate I, it I so don't much. I that. Um, unless it's like Zordon's head in a tube because that's, again, not that's like... That's cool as shit. Yeah, because that's not a god. That's a projection of his face because that's just how it looks. But yeah. anything where it's like a big godlike being talking to them and, um, you know, speaking in that deep voice, you know. Yeah, yeah. Basically, unless you're doing Zordon or pulling a Wizard of Oz, don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was expecting the man behind the curtain thing, and that, that never really happened. It's just, no, it's an entity that is big and godly, but it's trapped here. And I'm like, well, why not make the movie more about this, though? Who trapped it here? Who fought him in the first place? That, that's that's one of my criticisms. The god stuff really only comes in the last, you know, 40 minutes, maybe? I don't know. I, out, I, out of I, an hour 45, it's, it's definitely in the after an hour if anything if you're going to do a movie about this right i think the more interesting part is okay what actually is he why is he trapped here who fought him how dangerous is he so on and so forth and if that's going to be the focus then you should find him in like the first act and then no, i agree 
and then reveal that he's evil and reveal that he's a danger and go into how he was defeated in the first place and why he was trapped here and you know do, do the interesting parts this, this, this is why i'm so frustrated because <laughs> i can see three or four good movies in here <laughs> they just kind of threw all these half-baked ideas not even half-baked that's being generous they threw all these notions into one movie and just wasted all of them and cyborg's just not that interesting on his own I mean, it's an interesting concept, like I said, of a of a Vulcan who's passionate. That's an interesting concept. But Cyborg, as he is, is not interesting. And then on top of that, uh, the main trio, which is usually the saving grace when things are bad, don't always feel right in this one. And that's that's yeah. the that's almost the worst offense to me. If you can't even it get is. that right, I mean, it, it is pretty rough, isn't it? When so, when you can't do your basics. Shatner should stick to Christmas albums because he, he ain't cutting it in the direction. I'm really stuff. excited to listen to Shatner Claus. I don't know if it's out yet, but I mean, I assume it, sh- it should be. Yeah, it should I'm, be out for know, Christmas. I mean, otherwise, what's he doing? No, no I'm assuming it's out already because as we're recording this now, it's yeah. uh, it's the 26th of November. So I'm assuming it's out, but obviously I'm waiting till December, which as most people are listening to this or watching this, yeah, it already is, but I'm waiting Hmm. Yes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check in on the on the <laughs> on the review of six with a, a brief Shatner Claus review at the end. It would just be like Shatner to release a Christmas album like February. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's a Christmas album in February. You've got ten whole months to buy it. <laughs> That's how you make the most money. <laughs> oh dear. Um uh, yeah, so God, this this movie is just oh, I, like my positives for this movie are conceptual things, and then a few little moments or lines here or there. Everything else I don't like. Yeah, and we do the whole thing where where Uhura sings again. She sings to like sort of almost like entice this group of bad guys over to like a you know. It's 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 less the singing that's the appeal here. It's the the burlesque dancing. Yes, um, which. It's kind of weird because Ahura at this point is like in her mid fifties, something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, very very low lighting. It was, but it just felt weird to me. I'm like, it just it felt weird whoever wrote this scene. Like, what? Why did no, you it, think of this as an idea? No, it's weird because it's one of those scenes where okay, this is the typical okay, let's get the young attractive woman to do the do the sexy dance, right? People all like that. Yeah, and then it's just like let's just do it anyway, which I kind of respect. But I don't. But at the same time, why? But it feels out of place, though. Why? When have we ever done this with Ahura, even in the, the original show when she was younger? Never. Never. Exactly. That's just, my point. It, it feels like, out of place. I, it's, it, it felt odd to me. And I, as they were going towards, I'm like, wait, that's Ahura. This is weird. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't mean to sound cruel. <laughs> it's just, yeah, they're all old now. Like I'm just. It's just <laughs> yeah, a weird exactly. choice creatively. Like, why? Why would you decide to do this? It's bizarre. Um, I don't know. It's also it's, yeah. There's also a lack of interesting locales in this one. They they, they go to the, the planet to deal with the hostage crisis, and then they're back on the ship. And, then and it's, it's just a pretty standard desert. Yeah. Um. And I know you're going to say to me, yeah, but you liked the first movie, and the first movie was almost entirely on the ship. And yeah, it was. That had interesting things happening. Yes. There was no matter what things. some of you people will say. Yes. Motion pictures are gem. I will not hear it otherwise. I agree. Motion motion picture. Um, it's, it's only just behind Wrath of Khan. Only just. It's 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 very close, and you know, depending on the day you ask me, I might even say I'd prefer to watch that one. Hot takes. There's hot takes coming. There is hot takes. Hot takes. Um, I, I don't uh, think we've had enough hot takes for the rest of this review. Well, so. here's a here's a cold take. This movie's shit. <laughs> It is. It is. Wait, I, I just checked, by the way, the Shatner Claus came out at the end of October, so uh, I will listen to it. So that's a bit week. early. I think that's, that's a, bit a little early, bit early. Yeah. I, think, I think he mistimed that a bit. I will listen to it in the first few days of December. I will do my duty, and I will give you a brief Shatner Claus review at the end of the the, the, the six review. Oh, crap. <laughs> hey, feel free to listen and join in. I think I'll just... Uh... Gonna have a sandwich or something when he's doing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on while I put up the tree. <laughs> Could part a Christmas movie, but no, I'm gonna put on Shatner Claus. 
I, I allow this okay. only if all your ornaments for the tree are all Star Trek themed. That can en- be arranged. Paige L- has no say. Little Enterprises, little, you know, Vulcan oh, hand I signs. Want little, I, I want little Enterprise baubles now. God damn it. L- they L- must L- exist. I will find them. Little Spock ears, maybe. I could see that being a thing. Um, what about L- on the top? Oh, the Starfleet logo as well. No, that goes at the top. That goes at the top, yeah. Starfleet logo goes at the top, yeah. There you go. Paige won't mind. What is a tree of Star Trek, dude? <laughs> because because we live long and we prosper shut up women we'll be fine she won't notice <laughs> she won't notice yeah there's no star angel at the top there's a freaking Star Trek logo <laughs> oh I really want to do this now god damn it oh, maybe maybe Amazon will have all the supplies mm. I don't know S- someone will, will have this <laughs> because <laughs> at the moment I only have one rule for the Christmas tree is you're not allowed glitter because glitter gets absolutely effing everywhere and I hate the I damn stuff I've never put glitter on a tree before that's, no, that's... no not not glitter on the tree but like glittery ornaments you know like little you know like little reindeer baubles or something oh that okay okay, like, okay no 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 none of those they're not allowed because I hate that glitter gets abs- you, you have glitter on the tree for a month and then I will find glitter just on my face randomly in February because it gets everywhere. It's like sand. I, I don't mind the, the glittery ornaments. That's fine. Oh, um, no, surely that. tinsel must annoy you then. Because tinsel all had all the no, little no, bits. T- tinsel is just shiny, a lot of it. It doesn't have the extra glitter on it. It's just like foil. Yeah, but, no, but the little bits always come off. There's always, you always find bits of it on the floor. Yeah, but I can I can hoover those up. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Glitter just... I just find... It just appears on my face or on my hand. And I'll go, why am I shiny? Oh, it's bloody glitter. I hate the stuff. Um, I can arrange a PO box for glitter ornaments to be sent to Connor Ryan if you wish to do so. Um, I will hate you. <laughs> G- glitter and syringes. We'll send him glitter and syringes. Or oh, glitter and syringes. You can inject it into his veins. The only acceptable forms of glitter are when it's in alcohol. I assume it's a different type of glitter that's supposed to be consumable. I, I assume so, yeah. but uh, yeah, I've, I've seen glittery. I've never really drank any because why would I? I, I? I don't imagine regular glitter is a consumable. Probably not. I don't don't eat glitter, folks. Yeah, don't try uh, it. Yeah, yeah, we are not endorsing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's you really that's the final frontier. This. this is the final frontier for sure. I, um, Oh, yeah, that's well. not the rails. I'm sorry. Yes, it's my bad. Um, yeah, movie sucks. I mean, I I think we'll get into it as to why it sucks. It's easily the weakest of the six. Not to spoil my thoughts on the next one, but I know it's not as bad as this. I know that for oh, a damn God. fact. <laughs> it just isn't. It may not live up to like, my two or three favorites of them, but it it's definitely better than but this it's one. Bearable, at least. Is that what you're telling me? I may even be good. I I, I don't know. I, I don't remember a whole you, lot. You of can't it. really remember, can I you? I can't remember, but I, I don't remember disliking it. So, that's a start. You know, we'll see. Out, out of interest, I, I don't know, actually cover this. How did you feel about this one now compared to your first? Did anything change? Did did it annoy you more that the characters were actually wrong, or did it? I think it did. I, th- I think this is the only one that's been affected negatively because I've seen the whole show and built up to it. Yeah. The other four all improved. At least a little mm. bit. Some in some yeah. cases a lot. This one just went, no, went that, down. That makes sense to me. Went down. So that we'll do undiscovered country. That is coming up next, and then uh, I mean that's I mean as far as our schedule is concerned right now, we should get to undiscovered country next week. Um, but we are actually planning a week off between that movie and the start of next generation. Um, just just as a, a natural break because it's you know between the two two sections um it gives us a chance to maybe get ahead in an episode just so we're ahead in case uh uh scheduling conflicts happen later on um let's be honest it will at some point it will at some point it always does so yes but undiscovered country's coming next let us know what you thought of final frontier of course we have to rate this one though before we go oh oh we do i forgot about that part yes um, i'll give it a three <laughs> it's really bad but it's at least got a slight level of technical competency that I can't go below that. Yeah, I think a three. 
I think a three. I think the first time I saw this, I'd probably give it like a five. That was generous. Yeah, that's too high. I would I would have accepted like a four, but anything above four is is generous. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with a three as well. I can't really argue too much. That that feels good. It covers the positives enough. To... Yeah. <laughs> and that, it does. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but it does feel like a bit of a, a bit of a whimper. Um, it's the sort of thing where I, I like. There's some continuity. Like you know, it's still they've just gotten the new ship, and Scotty's still fixing it up, and. You know, it's yeah. it's starting to set up some of the Klingon stuff that they're going to be allies more, more and more so. Yeah, uh, but Chekhov is funny. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so let us know what you thought of Star Trek Five in the comments below. If you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here, head over to Patreon.com/slash TV. Uh, you can support us that way. You can also support us, of course, by liking and subscribing. And I know we always say that, and I actually hate that we say that at the end of every video because I I'd love to not have to shill. The, 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 you know, smash that like button that, all that YouTube bullshit I hate doing it's it right down there but the, re- the reason the reason why we do it is because most people for just forget to don't even consider doing it not because they don't want, like what you're watching I'm guilty of this as well I don't necessarily remember to do it and the, yeah. the reason why as soon as you start making videos on YouTube though you actually learn how important it is that the, the algorithms for showing it in search results and things like that relies so much on people engaging either in comments or in likes and, and dislikes which by the way here, here's a here's a hot tip that we almost never admit to on 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 air because we don't want to let people know this but even dislikes are good they are youtube values dislikes as much as likes <laughs> like it's just the interaction that they value every snarky little asshole who dislikes a video because they think oh no, 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 this is bullshit pc shit or whatever that still helps. <laughs> Bring it on, bitches. <laughs> that still helps. Joy is funny that you you do you you're saying oh you hate doing the shill. I do because you're not as bad as some people. Because obviously the the thing that that you really should shill that we never do is the the notification bell. Because apparently that makes a huge difference to YouTube's algorithms. Apparently, oh, I, I don't know. I, I um, get why you wouldn't though. I actually understand why you wouldn't do that for our channel. Because if you're here for say Star Trek and you like our movie reviews, but you don't really care about all the TV shows we do or the comics podcast, I get why yeah. you wouldn't want notifications for everything. Which is why we don't say that at the end of every video. Yeah, but if you want to ring the bell, you get notifications for everything. Then knock yourself out. Go for it. Yeah. Um, it certainly won't hurt. <laughs> it certainly won't hurt. Um, but of course you you can directly just go to your Patreon and, and give us money, which is also. <laughs> Extremely helpful. beneficial than, than doing extremely, any of this YouTube. Extremely bonus. helpful, um, and you get you, you'll have no guilt in your conscience for using adblock if you give us money. <laughs> that's 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 the official the official stance. Um, but hey, uh, that is that is us. So thank you very much for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek and silly sci-fi things. And to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. <laughs>